Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host, and today I'm joined by Ale, head of creativity and experience at Noon. And our topic today focuses on uh, how junior UX designers and UX designers in general can work alone in an organization and what kind of responsibilities you have to advocate UX, the methods and tools that you can use when you are alone or you feel loneliness in an organization. Before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you to support my podcast in becoming self-sustainable so I can keep on inviting more experienced guests and amazing guests like Ali on the podcast to give you tips on how to succeed in your career. And if you want to uh, improve your network, discover job opportunities, get portfolio reviews and so on, you can join my Discord channel that you can find on my website, usersfirstpodcast.com. And if you want to support me in what I do, uh, buy me a cup of coffee or... Uh, whatever else you need to do to support me. <laughs> Before we jump into the episode, a little bit about Ali. He's the, again, the head of creativity and user experience at Noon. And not only he's bringing constant innovation to products and learnings, but he's also mentoring new UXers from all over the world, from Sweden to Italy to the United States. And he was even a design mentor at the General Assembly for a couple of years. I mean, Guys, we're having we're having an extremely experienced person on the podcast, and we should be honored, really, to be listening to Ale today. And thank you so much for joining us, Ale. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having me. Wow, I would love to have you, and always like presenting like me, like in situations. This, this is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is really my my pleasure, Ale. Thanks so much for taking the time. You've you've uh, you've you've done so much for the UX community and. And uh, you, you are a wonderful leader. Um, like I've seen the experience from, from your LinkedIn profile, from your resume. Uh, you have helped people all over the world and you know you deserve really the credit for what you do. And uh, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to getting into the episode today with you on, you know, on, on, uh, on helping people that, that are having a hard time in their organizations. You know, they're, they're working alone. Uh, they feel like they don't, they're not getting enough support in UX design. And... You know, in your opinion, is, is it possible to work by yourself as a junior UX designer in a company? Wow, fantastic question. Like, it is possible for sure. It's not optimal, but it's definitely possible. And that's also, also like um, a good question when, um, when, we, when we see in a lot of UX courses, like they're out there, which are fantastic. A few of, of these are really, really inspiring because of the people that you can meet. Uh, but if you're alone in your team, like as the only member as a UX uh, researcher, I would say, or designer, like I would say, make sure that you always connect with your peers anyway, which it sounds obvious to say, but it's not on a practical level. What I mean with that is just make sure that you connect with your PMs, for example, with your, of course, like uh, other peer designers. And, uh, but at the same time, like make sure that you understand as much as possible the vision and the company that you are. Like most of the time is missed because I think it just that will help you connecting on a fun level, which is a level of joy, level of engagement, and and on a on a more like so from a human level or also from a skill set level, which is we talk about exactly the uh, the real uh, real like work and daily basis and how you can improve it, but also for your own career and the company you're working with rather than for. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love what you said. As a matter of fact, they say, they say that empathy is one of the best skills that you can ever learn before anything else, because if you can't understand 
the people that you're speaking with, the people that you're working with, the people within your family, you're always going to have issues. So uh, improving communication and improving your, um, your, your, your empathy skill set is definitely, is definitely a, a very good suggestion right there. Yeah, so imagine, imagine even in, in, um, in the way that you speak, right? There's even like when you, even just a mental shift that can come with, um, when you say at the end of a sentence or like somebody has finished like to say something and you say, as a, as a, as a designer, a researcher, you normally say, rather than yes, but, you start saying yes, and. So you start build on top of each other's ideas. That start fostering, even if you're a junior member of the team, that start fostering like you know a more collaborative culture that can ultimately and potentially will will result in in in, in a fantastic like a better environment for everybody. Oh yeah, a fantastic a better environment, and what it does is strengthens the, the the trust and relationship among people. So if in the future there will be some kind of controversy or some on some potential problems people will feel more comfortable to to talk about it because uh, they're they're used to open communication but um if there is um if there is conflict then people will be uh will refrain from from solving issues exactly so mm-hmm. the thing is just the sense of accountability that comes with that the fact that uh, an issue of the company is an issue for everybody. Uh, how how we can solve that collaborative rather than being just on the on the shoulder of one single member of the team. That's why we start working as a team rather than than a, than a solo. But you're maybe a solo contributor. So because of the stage of your career at the at the beginning, you're you are what we call normal individual individual contributor of a team, right? So at that stage, yes, you're by yourself solving that specific task, but that doesn't and shouldn't refrain, refrain you from asking, asking for help. And actually, this, this, this shows you that you're in a good environment and you're in a place that you can, you can always talk to each other and you build on top of each other's ideas. Yeah, that's the, that's the best place where you want to work, to be honest, especially like for people that, that are junior UX designers and they're looking for their first uh, position. Uh, you know, always look for a company that is ready to, to listen to you and and you know they're ready to meet your needs, and and uh, you know they're they're ready to understand what you what you're looking for, uh, because there the wouldn't be anything worse than working for a close-minded type of place. Ali, how do you how do you overcome uh, loneliness like as a UX designer? So you know, let's say that let's say that I was a, a junior UX designer, and I learned a. I land a position in, in a company where I'm the only person that works there as UX designer. Um, and I feel, I feel like I'm absolutely lost right now. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to empathize with the stakeholders. You know, I'm trying to connect with my peers. But uh, is there any, any other uh, big, big, big tips on how to overcome this loneliness? Well, I would say I will answer the way that normally answer to my students, right? Like, or my mentees, like in, in different platforms. Make sure that you connect with your peers. If you cannot on a, on a local level because of different discrepancies in your team or like um, maybe geographies or time zones, like maybe it could be you feel really that you're alone like in what you're doing right now. There are plenty of communities like the one that you run actually connected to this podcast, right? So they're different. Like right now we live in a world in which we have, there are so many communities. It's almost overwhelming. Actually, it is a little bit overwhelming from time to time. So 
make sure that you connect with peers. You share the same experience. Not only people that are actually like are more advanced in their career with you in terms of UX maturity, for example, the way that they understand a product and the process and something is how is something is actually built, but somebody on a human level, like they can really, really relate, you can relate to, and you can share exactly the same level of frustrations. And it could be a virtual, like, you know, a connection or coffee, but also it could be a physical one. So there are a lot of also um, communities all over the globe like they help others like you know connect so my my main thing is just rather than connect directly on uh, when you just need something make sure that you anticipated that need because on a human level you will always need to connect uh, so the thing is just if you cannot directly with your team that is a good like starting point at least to make sure that you force yourself even if you're an introvert to start talking with other introverts which is not going to be easy, but like acknowledge that, like that's a good point for reducing and anticipating something you will definitely need. I mean, if you're a researcher, your first step is just anticipating needs of your company. You can do the same with yourself. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I haven't heard lately that there is something called like Web Three Spaces, and and these are like Discord channels, live communities, uh, like crypto spaces, and so on. And you can find a lot of people there that are ready to to give you suggestions. If you don't want to, if you don't feel comfortable around Discord communities or Slack channels and so on, there is even Facebook communities. There is LinkedIn, LinkedIn groups where you can ask more experienced people. You can there is even people that you know have worked in startups or in agile environments. So you can really, you can really get a 360 uh, overview of everything from all all different perspectives. And um, maybe here is something that we should mention. There is also the ADP list that is a uh, that is a mentorship. That is a mentorship website just for, uh, just for basically just for UX designers, really. But but there is uh, people even from uh, marketing or uh, graphic design and, and so on. So there is a a ton of places where you can connect with others. So uh, don't be afraid. Get out there and connect with other people. In terms of methods, Ale, like, is there is there like any um any like tools and processes that work especially well for solo UX designers? I would say yes, like, um, and which is also connected to the previous question. Like um, you can always feel a little bit lonely by yourself because maybe you are in your team right now and, and the, the, your startup or creative agencies of design consultancy will hire more people in the future. But right now it's not maybe for the next six months. Let's make an example, the next semester that is not part of the plan, right? The hiring plan. So you have to cope with that in a way. So you can always feel um, lonely in that sense, but not necessarily lonely in your own, uh, you're not alone in feeling that way. So that's why it's important what you said before to connect, right? Like with existing communities and share that. On in terms of methods, tools and process that you can apply, make sure that you start from the beginning um, to use collaborative tools that will reduce per se your own uh, loneliness. So if you use Miro, for example, as a tool, like even just at the beginning, like Figma to, to other aspects of your design process. But Miro, for example, is a fantastic tool like others, like, but in general, like for having a moment in which you can actually have a proper brainstorming. Figma offers FigJam and there are plenty of other options to name just a few, but um, make sure that you use tools they always allow you to comment, but also to have fun and have moments in which you could go beyond just the prototype or just what you're doing because that that's work is not just about that and remember that when you were in the office in an actual physical office it's just that 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 would also would have been the case so the current loneliness is is mostly because um 
junior UX for designers, for example, they start actually remotely, which is extremely hard because what you can see, you really lose the touch that normally that you have. And the fact that you can, you know, I can see you working and the way that you work and I can learn a lot just seeing you, that watching you and like the way that you operate, the way that you solve an issue, the way that you behave in a meeting. Virtually, uh, a lot of the body language, like it's taken out, like literally in the box that, we, that we're using, like to communicate. So that is one of the aspects. So make sure that you establish, like at least for yourself, if your company is a little bit chaotic at the beginning, you make sure that you suggest strongly and you advocate for collaboration. And it, that starts from the tools and then in the process. So you can do a lot of creative exercises that ensure like creativity is embedded in every stage of the process. There are a few companies that they do that, like IDEO is one of those. It's one of com it's a company that suggests collaboration since the beginning of a process. Like rather than, you know, now we have, we are at the stage which we have a prototype and now of course we are collaborating here because we are collaborating with engineers. Why do we involve the engineers since the beginning of the, of the so that's, that's a way to start having, yes, the right tools for making the collaboration happen, but also the right, right mindsets and processes in place. How do we call this meeting? Maybe it's a, it's a meeting with a more like broad agenda, but it's still a fantastic moment to connect and say, hey, you're an engineer, you're a project manager. So you bring uh, maybe another is more like a business person. So you're bringing like a business lens, a kind of a technical lens. And you as a designer researcher, you bring a desirability human lens. Three together, they really, really like create like experience and innovation, like in a very strong direction. Right, right. And, you know, fan fantastic, by the way, I love what you said about, you know, the culture, the culture and the fun should come before the actual methods that, that, uh, that you use. Because related to what you said in the beginning, empathy, empathy and understanding the people that you work with, uh, it's a big factor. It's a big factor in, in, in how you're, you're, uh, you're working in user experience. Because if you can't build trust with the people that you work with, how can you expect them to believe in the methods that you're using? So first, you need to establish trust and relationship with them. Once you have done that, once you have advocated for the culture in the user experience team, although right now it's just yourself, then, then you can uh, build, build the trust into the uh, UX methods that you're using. <clears throat> I'm wondering, Ali, uh, like if a UX designer was, was by himself, right? Here's a follow-up question to what we just talked about. How can you, um, um, what I'm what I'm wondering is, what other ways can, what other ways can you can you find to build that that trust with the stakeholders? Maybe maybe someone has very stubborn stakeholders that are close-minded, and for some reason they're not they're very intimidating, or maybe they're not willing to change. We've all been in that situation. How do you, how would you, how would you do that? I mean, I would, my, my direct answer, like in this case, I always have, have um, similar questions when, which, which are super like normally, the answer are very tailor-made in the specific situation, but we can, we can give like a few like broader like answers. One is just work always with the person. So connect on a human level with your stakeholder. So never about the task is always, uh, human level first. That's what I'm suggesting. Since the beginning, you join a new company, you can make sure you have a little bit of freedom. Even if you are, even if you are a junior member, you can talk with your lead, director, head. And what you can do at that stage, you can definitely suggest moments of um, playing games, for example, at the beginning, or moments in which you know you can be a little bit more silly. 
but maybe you have somebody that, as you said, is an important client or a stakeholder and that doesn't want really to present him or herself at that stage with a level of silliness and also playfulness. Or it's just a matter of a personality thing. Well, what you can do in that case, even on a more rigid personality, what you can do, you can still have a coffee, you know, and connect on a human level. So make sure that you don't just talk and interact because we talk like this, like together, because in front of a prototype or in front of a project, because that is not going to work on a human level. Because even in an office, you have like, you know, a simple chit chat or a moment or a warm up. Even when I run interviews, I never start like cold feet asking you, okay, what do you think about this? Shoot the answer. Like it's always a little bit more like, okay, like in general, how's your life? Like, so there's, there's a human lens to ease people in which most of the time is, is not even considered and it's not considered important, but there's, an, there's a strong psychological role in that, warming up the situation, even when you do sport, right? Don't just start, just you have a warm up moment. So you should warm up that relationship and build and nurture it. Not necessarily, you also have a lot of acceptance. Not all relationships in, in a workplace is gonna be successful ones. Still in your garden of relationships, you can be a good gardener. You know, you can, you can somehow water most of them and understand that a few relationships needs more water than others. <laughs> I love the analogy. I love the analogy. Like even in sports, you need to be able to warm up before you actually um, get, into the, get into the exercise. Otherwise, you will get injured and you won't be able to run anymore. And yeah, that, that, that's, about, that's about it. Some time ago, I had someone... <clears throat> I had someone ask me some time ago, like, why do you do chit chats before a meeting? Like, why don't we just get straight into the, into the business of things? And I had, to, I had to explain them the same exact thing that you just said right now. Well, because, you know, you need to warm up the other person you need to make sure that, uh, you, you know, you, you strengthen the relationship before you talk, you talk about business, right? Maybe, maybe you're going to have to brainstorm together but, uh, because you haven't chit-chat, right? And you, you haven't really connected with a person. Maybe the, the brainstorming won't be as valuable as, as, as it could have been. Maybe the other person feels uh, restrained, right? So, so it's very important to, to make sure that you can, um, that you can empathize and uh, speak to a human level to the other person. And then you can jump straight into business, like you were saying. But also to build on that, that there's an aspect like even in a brain, especially maybe in a brainstorming, like because I, I'm going to show like creativity is also about vulnerability. I'm showing ideas that potentially are laughable. So if you really create a brainstorming that is really, really open, it's about connections between a lot and among a lot of ideas and potentially a few silly ones. So true creativity comes from um, a really, really like connection to fantasy and imagination. So this level and this type of connections are most of the time like apparently very silly at the beginning, but they can be like a backbone by some sort of structure afterwards. So to create that environment is important to have a little bit of fun at the beginning of the brainstorming. Or when you want to have um, that effectiveness that you mentioned, and sometimes you have some team members that are really, really bicultural upbringing, or just because they simply work that way for them. Okay, fair enough. But you need to build some sort of intimacy first. Like you do with a good friend, you don't have to warm that up, the situation, before you ask something, hey, I really need just this right now. So you can say this up front. The only tricky aspect is just most of this um, social interaction skills are not taught in uh, design schools, for example. So that, that's, there's a lack of emotional intelligence connected to that. That makes 
most of the interactions that you have work-wise. Yeah, emotional intelligence. Oh, that's a, that's a big context right there. Uh, you know, sometimes ago I read somewhere that uh, nowadays in, in the culture that, uh, that we are at right now in 2022, the emotional intelligence is more valued than the actual um, IQ. And uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy to say. Uh, like, so I know that the, the, the very high IQ people hate this, hate this, they don't, they don't like it, but it is true. Like nowadays, a person that has, uh, has a high emotional intelligence uh, is more effective, more influential, um, more uh, more communicative than, than than people that are not. So it's it's another uh, skill set that is very important to learn. Eventually, it would be best to be a very analytical person and also an emotionally intelligent person as well. So kind of uh, um, getting getting both of those skill set. It, it takes practice, I have to say. Absolutely. So to have to this kind of harmonious balance that you're mentioning is something that yes it takes years so to master and and but but it's the the, the most important message even to, to to our audience right like and beyond it's just that is possible so at the beginning maybe even to what you were saying at the beginning of this podcast which i think is fantastic so look for look for like uh, as your first job look for a place that of course value you but also give you space um to, to, to grow like and do your own growth but like in general like uh, i would say not necessarily this is going to be your first place right workplace so still you can learn something from that place and maybe slowly don't give up like in that sense you can bring that culture in so you're you're um, more than a cultural fit you can be a fantastic cultural ad in any place that you go and that that can create like a um, something that most of the time um, people around you will ignore at the beginning but then no so the fact that you can work very hard but also be nice to people which is to balance things <laughs> and if, if you if you make it right like you can go along in almost everything teams and situations yeah um <laughs> I, I love what you said right there um yeah it takes it takes time it takes practice every every single day when you get into conversations with people uh, see it from a different perspective, right? Instead of instead of feeling feeling, feeling uh, defensive about what you have to say and 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 you know trying to find the right words to say and so on, try instead to ask more questions. Try to uh, understand what the other person is feeling. Maybe the other person is having a bad day. That's why that's why they 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 answer you in such a in such a critical way. Um, ask why why they're thinking a, a certain scenario or what makes them uh, what makes them decide certain things. Like be more uh, creative, think outside of the box, and uh, be very curious and and genuine. That is the best practice that you can get, really. Ali, so uh, wrapping up in the podcast, make sure to create meaningful connection with the peers, so with the stakeholders. Um, be very, very, very communicative with processes and tools and use up-to-date tools like Figma Gem or Miro in order to uh, create meaningful connections with, uh, with the people that you work with and also make it fun and make it fun, you know, do warm-ups before exercises, don't, don't jump straight into business, take these, easy, you know, have a few jokes and so on, make sure everybody is kind of, you know, rocking. And build a culture, right? You have you have the the responsibility to build a culture within within your uh, your company. So make sure that you advocate for you, that you exercise 
right now you're going to be the first UX designer or you're, or you're going to be a, UX, a solo UX designer for your company. So you have the responsibility uh, like, uh, like Spider-Man, right? What do they say? With big, uh, with big superpowers <laughs> comes a great responsibility, right? So, Correct. Yeah, bring it, bring it on, right? So take the responsibility. But definitely a lens of also even arriving to the point of over communicating in most of the situations because you want to advocate for um, user experience in your company. But um, in general, like, um, absolutely, this is a fantastic summary. I would say make sure that even if directly is not even acknowledged at the beginning, that, that is your responsibility to bring that level of awareness of, 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 of processes and tools related to UX. Well, it's definitely your responsibility to start influencing that direction. That's the only thing. So even in the minimum that you can do, try to do it. That's, that's the thing. And even a little bit beyond. Slowly, you know, you can introduce a lot of methods, not, not just on day one or week one, first few months. So it takes time. Every week you add a bit and you add a bit and you construct that level with patience. In three months, you start seeing that every week your team start bringing inspiration and and, and have a little bit of fun. Maybe you establish like, you know, on Friday we have this moment, which is a, a little bit of a silly brainstorming moment of the week. Or we do something that um, really like some sort of convey all our creativity and creative channel. Uh, like, you know, in, in a form of like anything, it could be on Slack, like it could be a meme, it could be like anything you like, like it could be something that talks about movies, that talks about music, have a music channel on Slack that now playing or a Spotify playlist that you shared among your team. So really, really try to connect to something that goes beyond just work, especially in a remote scenario, like most of the common or hybrid scenarios. So those things just really, really miss people and you're just by yourself alone all day. Like it's just, and you're a junior designer, like, wow. Like you, you definitely have to connect in other ways or you become crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. I had uh, recently a, fr a friend of mine that is a very, uh, an up-to-date person and um and told me that in her current place the people you know they're they're engaging in a very static way like through emails they don't have a slack community uh they don't have discord and so on and and these people are working remotely right and the only community that they engage with is outlook and uh, you know this person is very is very frustrated because is very keen to uh, build a community but um but she has to she has to convince right the people within the company that emails are are the worst way possible in the world to to actually engage with people and there is and there is other channels like uh, like slack or or to be honest even teams that is uh that, that is okay right it still creates a community creates groups you know you can you can share funny memes of uh, you know dogs jumping and grabbing a, a, a frisbee or something exactly as much <laughs> as you have like real-time communication and um and it's some sort of a different like um channels that it doesn't matter which tool like as much as you have this it's it, it's like smart and like you know fun enough to arrive to that point in that objective smart and fun enough thank you so much Charlie. i really i really loved all of the the big suggestions that you gave today uh really uh, I hope that the listeners, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna leave this episode and and feel more generous today, feel more understanding, feel more empathetic. I, I definitely will. I definitely will. And you know, you're, you've been very influential to uh, to my week. And uh, you know, I, I wish you all of the best, Ali. So that that was again um, Ali, head of creativity and noon. And you know, th thanks again, Ali, for being on the show. This was uh, my absolute pleasure. I I really love speaking to you. Thanks so much, my man. 
Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this episode and learned something useful and you want to help me out in uh, reaching a larger community, you can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and join our free Discord server, where I post quizzes, book recommendations, portfolio reviews, and much more. I even offer mentorships from my website, and if you're serious about landing a UX role, you should definitely enroll for the mentorship. If you want to help out even farther, you can get, you can get me a coffee or enroll in our Patreon channel that you can access from my website, UsersFirstPodcast.com. Thanks for listening again to Users First. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to. Bye.